Welcome to Radio Naturopath, the talk show about health and natural medicine. It's Monday, January 23rd, 2023, live to be broadcast on Wednesday, January 25th, 2023 on 91.7 FM WHUS Stores. I am Fran Storch, ND, naturopathic physician with my co-host, Ron Manizza. We're coming to you live from beautiful Mansfield Hollow, Connecticut. Comment below to let me know you're here and ask questions. You can also email me at radionaturopath at gmail.com. If you'd like to listen to this show at another time, you can check out our podcast at whus.org, iTunes, and Spotify. You can also check out my Facebook page, Twitter, and Instagram at FranStorchND. The views expressed on this program do not reflect the views of the staff management or licensee of this station. The information presented on this show should not be construed as medical advice or direction. If you're having a medical condition, please consult with your physician. Okay, so I was going to start by talking about the triple-demic, but I think I'm not going to do that because <laughs> dreary, dark, raining, I'm tired of it. Some of you may actually have seasonal affective disorder, and we need to start there. Um, so as Ron is drawing the curtains even further, we kind of need to do that because it just makes the, we um, get reflections from the, from the outside into the studio. Right. Here, so, so we, so he has to draw the curtains. So now it's nice and dark in here. And I don't know, <laughs> have we seen like, like considerable sunshine? When was the last time we did? I don't remember when we had a sunny day last in a while. Maybe it was Wednesday, uh, like yeah, a week ago, almost a week ago, Wednesday. There. It's been so dreary. And I think it's going to snow later today. Like Who we might knows? get some real might. snow, one to three inches. Um, a lot of the schools are um, shutting down early. Some of the schools are actually closed already. So, really? Yeah, yeah. There, it, it's Jeez. on the. Um, yeah, it's on DB. I saw the. Hmm. Um, yeah, there was a bunch of school school closings, and my chiropractor um, is trying to move my appointment up, and I don't know if I'm going to get to go to it today. So, that that's uh, and that's all because of snow, you know. So, anyway. Um, so <clears throat> let's talk about seasonal affective disorder, what it is and how we can help with it. Um, so what it is, it's a major depressive disorder with a seasonal pattern. Um, so it's another term for major depressive disorder, which is when you have, um, depression that's extended more. It's not brief. It's not caused by something immediate and acute in your life. It's a mood disorder. And um, it's provoked by seasonal change and symptoms begin in the fall or the winter. Uh, it affects between a half and 2.4% of people in the U.S. And it occurs more often in women and young adults. And it occurs, shock of shocks, people who live further north. So what are the symptoms? Um, and it's funny that it's seasonal affective disorder and the acronym for it is SAD because that's how you feel. Uh, and so um, it... People get symptoms around in the late fall and early winter and usually end in the spring, although sometimes people get symptoms at other times of year. And you also may not get the condition every year. You may not feel it every single year. There are two types of SAD. That's winter pattern and summer pattern. Summer pattern occurs in about 10% of cases. I never knew that there was a summer pattern. Um, and the symptoms last around four to five months, and they can include uh, depression, low energy, even suicidal thoughts, trouble concentrating and difficulty with sleep. The winter pattern will usually include overeating, weight gain, lack of interest in social activities, and fatigue during the day. So, um, the summer pattern, it, there is a summer pattern of seasonal affective disorder. Who knew? 
Um, and that, and those people will experience also difficulty sleeping, restlessness, low appetite, weight lost, violent behavior and agitation. So that's interesting. Remember how we talk about how sometimes we'll see more, um, bad behavior on the roads during the summer and we blame it on the heat. So maybe there's this, there's a seasonal affective disorder pattern, you know, with the summer pattern and that's. Mm. So, um, so very interesting. So I'm more interested right now, of course, in the winter pattern, because that's what's going on for most people who have it right now. The exact cause is unknown and contributing factors can vary from person to person, but it's thought to be affected by light, shock of all shocks. Uh, light is thought to influence seasonal affective disorder, uh, the dec- decreased sunlight exposure in winter and increased exposure in the spring and summer can affect the, the natural biological clock that regulates your hormones, mood, sleep, and uh, people can have difficulty regulating their circadian rhythm. And serotonin and melatonin are two hormones that can have dysregulation in this disorder. Uh, and they ha- may have um, disrupted circadian cycle. Uh, and so there was research in 2016 that showed that it was more likely in people whose brains maintain high levels of serotonin transporters leading to lower levels of serotonin. So it's not the serotonin itself. It's the molecules that transport serotonin and move it from one place to another and the receptors. So people with SAD may produce overly high amounts of melatonin and which controls and promotes sleep. People who are at risk Uh, that live in areas that have long winter nights because of higher latitudes and less sunlight and more likely to experience it, the condition is much more common in Canada and Alaska than in Florida. Surprise, surprise. Uh, And it more uh, frequently occurs in women than men. And it's um, often in younger adults between the ages of 18 and 30. Um, And people with a family history of seasonal affective disorder and other psychological conditions are at greater risk. And individuals with other mental health conditions are more likely to experience seasonal affective disorder. Around 25% of people with bipolar disorder and between 10 to 20% of people with major depressive order, disorder also have seasonal def- affective disorder. Um, and it'll get diagnosed by your doctor or mental health care practitioner. Uh, and what they're looking for is symptoms of depression and episodes that only occur during a specific season at least two years in a row and that you have a lot of depressive episodes during that season. If you only have minor mood change, um, there it can be, that's not necessarily seasonal affective disorder. They might call it subsyndromal seasonal affective disorder. So in other words, you have a milder form of it, that's all. And if your symptoms continue past the season, your diagnosis may be changed to bipolar or major depressive disorder. Uh, and so, Uh, It can be treated with counseling, therapy, medications. Um, Cognitive behavioral therapy can be helpful. It can help people with SAD learn to focus on positive thoughts and activities rather than negative ones. And some people also benefit from medications uh, like antidepressants. And so what what is often given is SSRIs. So um, three SSRIs that are often given are sertraline, paroxetine, and fluoxetine. And then bupropion is a dopamine agonist, and that's often given as well. Uh, You can talk to your doctor about which one may be helpful for you. Also, if you have seasonal affective disorder, one of the good things to do is to check your vitamin D level. I have patients who, um, when we find that they have low vitamin D levels and we supplement them with vitamin D, their mood improves greatly. 
So uh, get it's a good idea to get your vitamin D level checked. Get your doctor to order that. And any practitioner that can order labs for you, you can also... There are services that will allow you to order your own labs, and you can um, go through Quest Direct, for example, and other services where you can order your own labs. But, um, you know, it's a good idea to go to a practitioner because the practitioner can do the ordering for you and and then discuss the results with you and make recommendations as to levels of vitamin D that you're going to be taking and whether you need to supplement your vitamin D supplementation supplement your supplementation with something to enhance the absorption of the vitamin D, such as vitamin A and vitamin K2, which can be helpful for other reasons. Um, getting regular exercise and regular sun exposure can also help minimize seasonal affective disorder symptoms. So going outside, um, whether it's sunny out or not, can be helpful because there is the reason it's light out, even though it's cloudy, is the sun. So you are getting some sunlight, and if you get outside and get exercise, even, again, if you have seasonal active disorder, one of the things that's nice to do is to just get outside, walk around in your yard, or walk around in front of your house. You don't have to go for long. You don't necessarily have to do the full exercise. I mean, there are so many people who um, who really, um, they can't um, they can't bring themselves to exercise, and... Um, or they can't bring themselves just to be outside because it's just too cold and too raw. So you could step outside for five minutes, just bundle up and step outside for a, a couple of minutes, walk around your yard, walk around in front of your house, and then go back inside and then get some exercise indoors. Um, and so getting the exercise, even if you get the exercise indoors, it can help your seasonal affective disorder. It can help you to feel better. Um, using light therapy is classic for seasonal affective disorder. Um, and so that involves using a light box, a special light box that's meant for seasonal affective disorder, uh, and you use it for at least 30 minutes each day to replicate natural light. Um, you have to be careful with the, with the natural, with the light therapy because it can give you eye fatigue, headaches, and dizziness. So you need to use it in a way that works for you. Um, and you know, if you, if you have the light therapy and it's a little too bright for you, you can certainly wear sunglasses while you're um, using it. Um, certain eye diseases, eye surgery, uh, light sensitivity, and bipolar disorder can also um, negate the benefits of the light therapy. So you have to be careful with it. Um, and you can also get light therapy that's a dawn simulator. So what dawn simulators are interesting because it's a it's a um, a light box that simulates dawn. So when you have to wake up before it's dark, or when you're waking up on a day like today, where um, yeah, the sun comes up, but it's still really gloomy out. You choose the time that you would like to wake up, and then your dawn simulator is on a timer, and it kicks on. And the light is activated to mimic the sunrise, which helps to stimulate your body clock, and you might feel better when you get up. Um, you should only use light suit. You should use light therapy under a doctor's supervision because you want to be able to um, talk to somebody about what's going on. Um, so. You, you want to make sure you ex you seek medical help. If you are, if you're sad, if you feel like you have symptoms and you're just not getting out of them and you've gotten some exercise or you, you just feel like you can't get into getting exercise um, and you're just, you're just in a tailspin and you just can't get out of the feelings that you have, it's a good idea to, um, to get help. Um, and also if you feel depressed 
a lot of the time and you also have difficulty sleeping during certain seasons, that could be signs that you have seasonal affective disorder. And so um, getting counseling, medications, light therapy, uh, these are all things that your doctor can help you help to set you up with. Um, so so um, it, this is definitely something that a lot of people experience. And, um, and so, you know, you know, there's a, there's a lot of help for that. And, you know, I wanted to talk about it because a lot of people, um, a, a lot of people experience that this time of year. And I think it's probably a little bit worse right now because we've just had a long stretch of, um, really crummy weather. So, um, here's some more suggestions to help with, um, seasonal effect, seasonal affective disorder. Um, Okay, so, um, so there you can make a comfort kit, and um, y you know, so um, so if you have a kit, um, there's a lot, there's products and techniques and things that you can do. Uh, as we talked about, nature sessions uh, are really helpful. Uh, I have a suggestion here for ten minutes. Um, I'm going to ask you for five to ten minutes, whatever works for you, even if the weather is crummy out, if you can bundle up and get outside. And, and another thing that you can do is if you have a big window some, somewhere in your house, you can sit near the window. You will get benefit from the light that is coming through the window. Um, there is the idea of forest bathing where you just go into, um, into a forest or somewhere in nature. It doesn't necessarily have to be a forest. It can be a garden. It can be grass, a grassy area. It can be a meadow where you mindfully spend time in that uh, outdoor area where you notice the plants, you notice the trees, um, if it's possible uh, and non-toxic. You can put your hands on the plants and touch the trees and um, smell the scents that are in nature. Um, experience the warmth of the sun if there is any. Um, short walks in nature increase mood. Five to ten minutes, that's what I'm saying. Um, even that little amount of, um, of, spirit, of being in nature is going to be helpful. Uh, even if, as I said, even if it's below freezing, just bundle up and get outside, put on some gloves, put on some fuzzy boots, and get out there. Um, it, it, uh, and it doesn't have to, you don't have to go to the park. Uh, going, the best thing to do is to make it easy for yourself. So stepping outside at your place of business or stepping outside of your home is the best thing to do. Um, mm. Then think about cold weather accessories that make you feel better. Um, if you feel cold, you're going to be sadder. I feel when I feel cold, it actually depresses my mood. Um, so and so I have to be careful because um, I'm at that age where when I get into bed and I'm all cozy right now, this time of year, we have um, beautiful flannel sheets on our beds. And the flannel sheet is, um, flannel sheets are very cozy, but um, I'm at a point where I can't wear a lot of clothes when I'm under those flannel sheets. And really, Ron doesn't either. I mean, most of the time you wear just uh, shorts to bed, don't you? Yeah. Once in a while you wear a t-shirt, but you don't wear fuzzy pajamas. Mm -mm. No. Um, no, no, I do not. No, I mean, we'll wear, but when we're in the house and just hanging out in the house, we wear fuzzy things, you know, so, um, in, uh, so when we're, when we're indoors, we're wearing fuzzy stuff. I'm wearing sweats. I'm wearing, um, sweatshirts. I'm, I'm wearing, you know, things that are soft. I have flannel pants. Yesterday I spent the day, I, I, I didn't go anywhere. So I spent the day in flannel joggers. It was really nice. They, they have, they have 
peanuts on them. Um, so that, that makes me happy. And, uh, and I, I spent the day in the flannel pants and I read my books and I drank my tea and I did my yin yoga in those flannel pants and it was very cozy. Uh, today I'm wearing, as you can see, I'm wearing a, an attractive sweatshirt. It has flowers all over it. I, I like it because there's flowers and some of the flowers are actually pink, which is awesome. Uh, but it's a sweatshirt, it's fleece. Know if that time of year, and I got fleece pants on, and that's nice. And when I go out, I will have fuzzy fleece um, uh, shearling boots on. So fuzzy stuff is really is really good. Um, I, having fuzzy socks in lots of colors. Um, you can have um, things that you can spray with lavender, and lavender is an essential oil that can uh, uplift your mood. Um, you can have, uh, and I have plushy toys even that sit on my bed and I can take the, the plushy toys and I can spray them with scents that make me happy, like lavender and rose. And so if you're not a big plushy toy person, you can certainly get pillows and you can get sachets that, that will hold scent to them. So, uh, scents like lavender and rose or anything that uplifts you can be helpful for lifting your, um, spirits. Then there's Epsom salts. You can take an Epsom salt bath and Epsom salt baths are very nice because Epsom salts are very relaxing. And I think that the way that Epsom salts work, Epsom salts are specifically magnesium sulfate salts. And so when you put them in the bath and then you get into the bath, you tend to feel a lot better right away. They're very relaxing right away. And I don't think that's because um, that, that you're particularly absorbing the magnesium. It's because the magnesium is interacting with magnesium receptors on the surface of your skin. It, you have, um, you have, uh, nerves that, ner nerves that travel along the, uh, the tops of your skin. So the, those nerve endings on the tops of your skin have some magnesium receptors. And when they see magnesium, they come down. So that's why it happens so fast because it's you're actually putting the magnesium on your skin and it's calming the nerves on your skin. And because your skin, you feel calmer in your skin, you tend to relax overall. Now, if you have Epsom salts with lavender, as long as you like lavender and lavender resonates with you, um, you can get in that bath and you'll have lavender, a, a nice scent that is calming to your nervous system and makes you feel better. So um, Epsom salts with lavender can be really great. Um, and then there are light boxes. Um, so of course we talked about light boxes, um, exposure, at least 30 minutes of exposure. That seems to be the, uh, the magic number, at least 30 minutes exposure to a light box. You can have little ones that are good for just your desk. And then you can have big ones that will illuminate a whole room. Mm. And, um, there are various brands of them that you can find. And you, if you get a little one, you can move it around from place to place, depending on where you are in the house. And a nice thing to do would be to have that light box next to you, um, while you're, while you're doing a, a calming, relaxing activity, like reading a book or doing a crossword or, uh, making a puzzle, something like that. There are various prices too. They they range all over the place. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They can be super expensive, and then there's some inexpensive ones. I saw one that clips underneath a uh, a visor of a baseball cap. Oh yeah, that's right. There's those too. That's yeah. right. And you can wear the baseball cap. That means yeah. you could, you could walk around your house and be doing activities. Right. You could be cleaning out a closet or, you know, vacuuming the floor and wearing your visor or, or doing dishes and you have it right on you and you can go from this to this to this and you have it in a hat. That works too. But again, the price tag is up there with pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. Right up there. That's yeah. unfortunate. Mm, that's why, that's why walking outside is free 
<laughs> you know, going that's outside true. Is, is very true. There's no charge for that, and that's right. why if you can do that, that's ideal. Mm -hmm. But if it's really crummy out, you're not going to be able to stand outside and whipping cold wind. So having a light box is very helpful. Yeah. Then there are plants. Plants are a nice thing. So when you have, if you if you're not. I mean, we have difficulty with plants. We like to have plants that are easy care because we're very busy and we don't always... Because we, we don't care. <laughs> we, we don't care for the plants as well as we should. As well as we but should. But when we right. see the plants, it's nice. Um, you had We had a cactus. We have a cactus sitting on our windowsill that I just noticed. And it's this cute little cactus and it has these bulbous pink bits all over it. And it's so cute. And I'm like, where did that come from? Is that a Christmas cactus? And what do I know? No, no it's, it's not, not a Christmas cactus. No. It's just a cactus that makes little pink bulbs. It's a little green cactus, and at the top of it, it makes these little pink bulbs, and it's very pretty. And I'm like, what a nice thing. And I, I said, was it always like that? What was it? Yeah, um, always. Yeah, I don't know where I got that one from. But there's lots out there. Lots of, cactus, is a, cactus is a great plant if you don't do well taking care of plants right. because the cactus can survive in a desert. Right. So they're not like, um, they're not needy like other plants are. Right. Like if you get a ficus, you have and to be watering it so all the time. So you can get some pretty cool cactus. And I have one that has exploded. It's gotten huge because I just keep putting it in bigger pots and it gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of cool because I don't have to take very good care of it and it just gets, and it seems happy. Yeah. So... so. You know, so that's that's the thing that the the cactus is happy and it's happy with us. You have to find plants that work for you, and you know, certain certain plants make you feel really cheery. Having flowers can be really nice too, and you know, this time of year you can you can get flowers. Just go to the um, the grocery store, or if you have a flower shop nearby, you can get flowers and just have the flowers until the flowers are are no good anymore. Uh, and those, that's a nice thing to do too. It's something that can cheer you up and it looks, uh, there's some color to it and that's nice. Um, and you can even get a house plant that's tiny and, and not very big and that's easy to care for that you can put it very close to where you are. Like you put it on your nightstand or put it somewhere you're going to see it all the time. So you're going to tend to it all the time. Taking care of the plant can be very cheering. And then if the plant gives you a flower, that'll make you really happy. So uh, plants can be a really nice way to, you know, indoor house plants can be a really nice way to help your seasonal affective disorder. Filling up your social calendar. Now, of course, if you're feeling down, you may not feel like doing that. But, um, but, and one of the symptoms is uh, of seasonal affective disorder is you do tend to withdraw. And, uh, it, but if you put stuff on your calendar and you can get yourself to go to those things, that's going to make you feel better. Um, so you, sometimes you're just not going to feel like going out and, uh, and you're going to, you know, you're going to eat sweets and you're going to watch more, too much Netflix. But sometimes if you can push yourself to go and do something, go spend time with a friend, go for a walk outside, um, go, go to a party, um, or, you know, create a party or, you know, have, have some people over. That's something you can do. And we're doing a little bit less of that. Now, depending on who you are, people are doing less of that because of COVID. And I know that um, there are people who have let down their guard and then they've gotten COVID and they've been sick for a couple of weeks. Um, and, you know, when people are getting sick now, they're not just getting sick for a few days and back, back at it. They People get 
tend to get sick for a long time because either they're getting COVID or they're getting RSV or they're getting, um, or, or they're getting a cold that they just can't kick because our immune systems um, are a little off because we a lot of us haven't been sick for a couple of years. So our immune systems aren't used to treating and fighting these infections. So people are getting sick for a couple of weeks. Um, and so, um, so people are going out less. But if you can go out, if there's some way that you can go out, maybe you want to go to a, a gathering, an event, and just wear a mask when you go. And don't worry about the fact that you're wearing a mask. Um, just, just do it and then you'd be less likely to get sick and you get to see some people and people tend to be tolerant of other people wearing masks, depending on where you go, of course, but uh, I haven't had a problem with it. So, um, then there's other things that can help you. If you can meditate, that can be really helpful too. Um, if you can, if you're not good with sitting down and doing uh, a regular old meditation, um, you can do guided meditation and there are loads of guided meditations, um, that are no charge that you can find on the internet. You just turn them on, you get really comfortable in a seated or lying position, uh, and you, um, just listen to what it says and do what they recommend. Um, and so I love yoga nidra. That's one of my favorite guided meditations because it's a progressive relaxation and, um, it, it talks, they talk you through, uh, progressive relaxation of various parts of your body and um, and and you know if it's somebody with a really gentle voice it's really amazing how somebody just saying to you uh, relax your shoulder relax the the top of your arm relax your elbow and you do what they say it's really interesting and um, when you so finding yoga nidra or finding some kind of guided meditation that resonates with you uh, can be really helpful um, and I, I'm also, as you have heard me say before, I'm a big fan of restorative and yin yoga, um, because that gives you permission to be still and be quiet and, and lay down and, and not do too much. Um, so, so having, so those are good things for your comfort kit. So you, and then you figure out what works for you. Maybe you'd like to bake a little bit more. Maybe you like essential oils. Essential oils are something that you can figure out. Um, you can go to the store and sample different essential oils and see which one is uplifting to you. Some people really like the smell of lavender. Lavender is calming and cheering at the same time. Um, it is a mint, uh, straight up peppermint. Peppermint is very uplifting and it, it'll wake you up right away. If that's something that you feel like you need, um, that might resonate with you. Um, citrus is another one, depending on the citrus that you enjoy. If you enjoy orange, if you enjoy grapefruit or lemon, um, those can all be uplifting. And, you know, if you, if you go to Florida, of course, you know, those things are the, the oranges. When we went to Florida in, um, early January, the oranges are in season, the oranges and the grapefruit, well, the citrus is in season. So it was really wonderful that like you could go to the grocery store, you could go to the local market and get a bunch of oranges and the oranges were just perfect. They're really terrific. So if you can get oranges that are coming up from Florida now, that can be really helpful because citrus is really bright and uplifting. No, it's not something that grows here, but I tell people regarding citrus, if you don't have a food intolerance to citrus, um, it's okay to eat it in the winter if you tolerate it well, because it's in season now. It's in season in the United States right now. If they're, if you're getting Florida oranges right now or any citrus from Florida, it's going to be very fresh. I mean, you know, it takes a day or so to ship it up here. 
and then you can enjoy citrus and all of the bioflavonoids and the vitamin C and the fiber and just the bright taste that can cheer you up. I'm getting these amazing satsumas from the from the grocery store and they're very easy to peel and they have this bright delicious taste and then I have um, satsuma shower gel that I get from one of my favorite shops and um, and that just just cheers me right up it's really lovely so all right so that's not some more stuff you can do about seasonal affective disorder um, all right and this is interesting this is there's an update here that changed how I look at my um, my email um, yet more suggestions so I don't want to underestimate the seasonal affective disorder because I feel like it's a very important topic um, and here's um, here's for, from Meridian Psychiatric Partners uh, we it talks about how it's re reduced daylight is an issue uh, and they recommend again they recommend getting more natural sunlight uh, getting uh, regular exercise whether you exercise indoors or outdoors um, exercise has the potential to reduce symptoms of various mental health challenges everything from depression and anxiety panic disorders and post-traumatic stress disorder if I'm feeling unhappy and then I get exercise I always feel better after the exercise this morning it was tough to wake up I had a meetup on Zwift that I missed because I just wasn't making it out of bed but I managed to get downstairs and got on Zwift for an hour and put the TV on and um, I feel so much better right now and I feel more motivated to get some things done um, you can get more vitamin D so as I said um, having your vitamin D level checked it's not a good idea to just take vitamin D without knowing what your level is I like to see people's vitamin D levels at at least 55 nanograms per milliliter it can be as high as 70 to 100 depending on the person um, and you can get vitamin D from eating food did you know that you can eat food and get vitamin D um, and most of the food that it's in is fish it's in cod liver oil it's in herring and sardines it's in salmon it's in tuna uh, it's in egg yolks as well and you made me a nice uh, omelet yesterday that was really I nice did. it's yep. in mushrooms and I can't recommend eating mushrooms enough um, it's also in fortified foods which I don't recommend as much I'd rather actually see you take a, a natural vitamin D supplement than take get it from fortified foods but you know fortified foods that's gonna be a source of vitamin D uh, but mushrooms are great and mushrooms are something that can be um, added to any dish they're really great in soup it's a really great thing to put mushrooms in soup because the um, the beta-glucans that are in mushrooms are the uh, compounds that help to do things like lower your cholesterol and also support your immune system which is great this time of year and they're extracted by hot water extract so you get more benefit from the mushrooms if the mushrooms are sitting in hot water so what's a great easy way to do that put it in a soup so you, you can and what mushrooms are best really whatever ones you like yes you can get fancy reishi mushrooms or maitake or shiitake if you want to but button mushrooms just domestic mushrooms um, and uh, portobellos which are the same species as domestic mushrooms they work fine and they have beta-glucan in them and you can slice them up and put them in your soup and they'll give a nice savory hit to your soup whatever the soup whatever flavor your soup is they'll take on the flavor of that some people don't like the texture of mushrooms which is unfortunate um, you can get 
designer um, hot drinks now that have mushrooms in them. You can get um, coffee, tea, hot cocoa, matcha that have ground mushrooms in them. Um, and there are different brands that you can get. There are different like subscription brands, but you can get them just online, you know, for single purchase and you can find them in the health food store too. Uh, they tend to be pricier than say hot cocoa with mushrooms is going to be pricier than hot cocoa without mushrooms, but definitely something you can try. And again, when you're pouring hot water over those mushrooms, you're going to be getting uh, more bioavailability of those beta glucans, which is going to help you with your immune system. And it's going to help you um, with cholesterol and a lot of other things. Journaling. Journaling is a nice thing that can help seasonal affective disorder. And I've started uh, doing that. Oh, look. Bicycle Talk is listening. How interesting. Yeah. He says he made me a soup with mushrooms last week. It's true. And the interesting (laughs) thing about Bicycle Talk is he's sitting right here. Um, Anyway, shout out to Victoria who's listening. Um, Anyway, keeping a journal and... Um, So journaling, we talked about journaling at length last week. I just want to remind you that keeping a journal is a nice thing. And if you're going to keep a journal, do it in a way that works for you. Uh, Keeping a journal can be handwritten on paper. And if you're going to handwrite it on paper, find a notebook that you like. Or maybe you can find an actual journal, an actual book that's meant to be a journal. And they can come in lots of different colors. My current journal um, is bright pink with sequins. It's the kind that if you push the sequins one way, the thing is bright white. And if you push the sequins the other way, it's bright pink. So you could get something like that. You can get it bound with like an attractive fabric, or you can just get a plain old notebook. You can get one of those um, composition books that, that have that are black with the dots on them. You know, like Ron, Ron actually has the classic composition book is his iPad cover. Yeah, it's falling apart. Which is falling apart. It's time for you to get a new cover. You need an iPad cover. Mm -hmm. Because you you and your iPad are um, joined at the hip. We're one. Yes. So doing a daily journal, and I recommend when you do the journal, don't make it stressful. Write things that whatever's on top of your head, what's ever up for you on that day, and uh, see if... um, you know, see if writing the journal is helpful for you. Um, and, you know, you don't have to make it a big deal. Just sit down, get really comfortable in your nice comfy clothes and have your favorite pen and just write down whatever you like. If you want to journal on your computer, you can do that. If you want to journal on your tablet, you can do that. Um, my advice is, if I mean, if that's the way that you tend to communicate and that's the way that you want to get your notes down, I think that's fine. Uh, but... There's something nice about getting away from screens. Um, screens are not great for your mood and overdoing screens because um, screens are overstimulating to your eyes. Your eyes are constantly working to approximate the pixels that they're putting together. And I have three screens in front of me right now. I have the screen that I'm using to do the Facebook Live. I have a screen that I'm using to read my notes off of my, my outline. And then I have my phone right here, which is a different... Um, device. So I have all these devices. And then there's the computer screen in front of me that's actually recording the show. And then Ron has a tablet. So we've got five devices going in here right now. Mm, it's yeah, incredible. We're overscreened. We're overscreened. Yeah. So if I'm going to use a journal, I'm going to use a, one with a fun fabric. And here, here is a, just a, a notebook that you can get from you know, your favorite stationery store. It's, it's a pretty color. It's a, a, a cherry shade of green. 
and the, you know it's a nice shape it's a nice size and you can write on it the nice thing about journals is that journals this has a soft cover um, a journal is going to have a harder cover so that you can write anywhere. It's, it's, it serves as something to lean on as well as the book. So that's a nice thing about it. Um, and, you know, have a favorite pen and just jot down things that are most important to you or thinking, thinking about things that, um, that are bothering you, um, or thinking, think about things that you could do to make them better or, um, Write down a pretty bird that you saw or um, a plan that you might like to have, something you might like to do or something you ate today that was delicious or anything at all. You don't have to write down everything that happened in the day. Just write down things that are important to you. And that has been shown to be helpful for uh, any kind of mood disorder as well as seasonal affective disorder. Watch the alcohol. I always forget this because I'm not a big alcohol drinker, but I have people who come in who drink more than really they should. Remember that alcohol, first of all, if you don't drink alcohol, it's not a good idea to start, even though there can be some health benefits to drinking some alcohol. So a person like me who forgets to drink because nobody offers me any alcohol, I don't think about it, um, I shouldn't start an alcohol habit. You know, if I'm at my mother's and she says, let's have a glass of wine, I'll have a glass of wine. But uh, most of the time, I don't even think of it, which is a funny thing. You, you drink more than I do, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, like you, if you want to relax once in a while, you'll have a shot of something. And that's not the direction I would go. I would have, I would have some herbal tea or I would have some CBD or I would take some extra theanine. Um, but I, I wouldn't, if I wanted to relax, I wouldn't necessarily drink alcohol. Having said that, there has been a Shabbos or two where, um, you know, I'll do the Shabbos services and then everybody's having wine at the end of Shabbos services and I go and have wine. I'm like, oh, that's nice and calming. I should do this more. Anyway, um, if drinking alcohol is something that you turn to to help with your mood, to help you relax and help you not to think about things, you have to watch out for that. Um, women are not supposed to drink alcohol every single day. So if you're, the limit for women is around three to four drinks per week. And so, and that should be spread out over days so you can break it down. If you're having a glass of wine every day and you're a woman, that's not good. That, that's supposed to increase your risk of certain illnesses, including breast cancer. Uh, and uh, and uh, for men, uh, men can have a drink a day um, because they tend to metabolize it faster. And these are, these are rough estimates. You have to realize that alcohol, um, alcohol, boosts your dopamine when it first goes in, but then, um, but, but then it tends to depress your levels of serotonin and norepinephrine, uh, later. Um, so it, 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 it will initially make you feel better, but o over time it makes you feel worse. The other thing is that alcohol has a lot of calories. So, um, you, you can gain weight from drinking alcohol and alcohol makes your metabolism lazy. So, um, because alcohol, the first thing it gets converted to is acetyl-CoA and acetyl-CoA is something that your electron transport chain can use for energy and, um, your an alcohol will um and so your body will be lazier about using its metabolism it won't be able won't dip into your fat stores as well and it won't be as efficient at um, using the energy that you already have in your body for use um, you won't use your muscular energy as well um, 
And the other thing is that alcohol depletes things like B vitamins and magnesium because it needs it for that for their metabolism. And you need B vitamins to metabolize dopamine, serotonin, and norepinephrine, the neurotransmitters that make you feel good. So really watch your alcohol. And, and if you that, that's why we have dry January. There are people who do dry January um, because they need a reset in terms of alcohol because, you know, I guess the drinking season starts about the same time as the eating season, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. 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 So some people choose to do dry January. Uh, and uh, so that that's something for you to think about. The other thing is to embrace the winter. I'm trying to embrace the winter. I mean, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm starting to think about getting in my car and driving to Vermont because this is ridiculous. We'll see what happens later today. Um, we are supposed to get some actual snow later today. And... Um, and so we'll we'll see. I don't I don't know if we're going to get enough, if it's going to be mood snow or if we're going to get in one to three inches. We seem to be around the snow, that like the dusting line. We seem to be just over it, that we might actually get one to three inches today. And uh, a lot of the schools have closed early. And so maybe we'll get something. I think that you're going to have a cheerier winter when there's snow on the ground, especially if there's snow on the ground, it's cold and there's a sun in the sky. This gloomy, dreary stuff, it's been going on for months. I mean, we occasionally we'll get mood snow and it'll be gone in less than a day and that's no fun. Um, but the thing to do is to embrace the winter. And there are different ways to embrace the winter. One of them is to get in your car and drive to <laughs> drive up north where they actually have snow. Because they do have snow in northern Massachusetts and Vermont and New Hampshire and Maine right now. Um and so shout out to Craig, who's listening right now, and shout out to Andrew, um, who reports that he does better when he has more magnesium on board. So people are listening and they're just mm. letting you know that yep. that's a um, that, that's a factor for them. Um, and so there's um, so let's let's talk about Higgy or Heige. Anyway, that's H-Y-G-G-E. That the term in Denmark where they um, where they're experts at dealing with the cold. So Heige or Higgy involves going out, uh, going all out to cozy up indoors with your friends and your family during the harsh winter months. You can bundle up in sweaters, get under blankets, enjoy seasonal foods and beverages, hang out around the fireplace. Um, so and, and because this is a, a quieter time uh, of year. Um, that you can do some quiet activities and be okay with that. Don't feel like, you know, if you don't feel like doing a lot of stuff, don't do a lot of stuff. Write in your journal, read a book. I, I'm enjoying reading right now. I've been, reading is one of my stress reduction things. And when I read a book, I'm reading a book on paper. So I'm getting away from screens and I'm reading books that are somewhat exciting that, that are adventurous. And so I, so go on a little adventure and they have some humor in them because that's what I like. And it, it gets me really relaxed. And I didn't used to be able to read because Ron would always talk to me. Now Ron has learned that um, if I get to read, I'm calmer. So he lets me do it pretty much. <laughs> so he, he likes to let me do it, like to support me in doing things that make me calmer. Calmer friend is always good friend. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It is so good. Anyway, um, so if you can embrace the winter, embrace the cold, embrace wearing fuzzy things and relaxing more and don't 
put pressure on yourself to do a lot of stuff. If you're looking around your house going, my house is a mess and you just don't feel like dealing with it, don't deal with it. It's okay. Wait till you have some energy and you feel like dealing with it. It's it's all right. It, the mess will still be there tomorrow. And the other thing is, like, if it's a little messy, so put away two things and then go back to reading your book or whatever it is you're doing. I think that's fine. All right. And so, yeah, I just don't understand this. I When I back out of what I'm looking at, it resets. So weird. Okay, so that's... Um, so that, that's what they say. Now, let's look at why darkness is good for you. Uh, so this is, an interesting, this is an interesting idea. So here are six reasons to appreciate the darkness. And this is from a magazine called Helsinki. Where is Helsinki? Do you know where Helsinki is? Uh, it's the capital of... Uh, it's the capital of... Sure. Yeah, that helps me. What's on my all. head? Uh, an arrow. You're not a you're not a uh, a parrot head, are you? No. No, you're you're not a um, a fan of Jimmy Buffett. No. So there's a song by Jimmy Buffett called Fins. Okay. Yeah, fins to the left, fins to the right. All right. And everybody then when it they must sing be it. Finland. Yeah. Right. Okay. So autumn and winter in Helsinki may seem impossibly long and dreary, but darkness is important. It maintains your circadian rhythm, protects animals, um, and improves quality of sleep. So here's some fin what some Finnish researchers say about why darkness is vital. So it's vital to humans to have darkness. Don't tell that to my sister Nancy, who, who finds my road. Um, Dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Not uh, New Jersey. No. Well, I mean, it depends on where in New Jersey. If you're right. in the Pine where Barrens. Where she is in New Jersey. Right. So she's not in the Pine Barrens. Um, right. You know, there are, there are actually rural places in New Jersey that are actually not too far from where Nancy is. That's what's so funny. Uh, she happens to live in the housing development. Most animals. Oh, gee. Andrew suggests moving to Alaska. Oh. Um. So, yeah, well, you can move to Alaska, but you might want to be there in the summer when the uh, when the sun sets at never. Uh, right. <laughs> but um, moving to Alaska for this time of year, that would be hard. I mean, it, I found it difficult to be in Portland, Oregon when I was there because they have very short winter days. They have shorter win winter days than here because they're sitting up at the uh, 45 and almost the 46 parallel, 45 and change. Do you find that right now, over this last week, it seems like we're living in Portland, Oregon? It's kind of like we're living in Portland, Oregon. Yeah, Having our weather that, has changed this year. Yeah. We're getting that rainy, cold, damp thing. It's it's really yeah. tough. It makes you want to drink coffee and read a book. I do drink coffee. Uh, or or not get out of bed. <laughs> yeah, So, but darkness is vital, and most animals are more sensitive than humans and can sense light uh, that we can't see. So we have the advantage that we can protect ourselves from light that we perceive to be harmful. We can darken our bedrooms. We can wear sunglasses. We can wear visors. Other animals don't have that possibility. Uh, and so um, bats and the majority of insects, for example, are what we call crepuscular. Do you know what crepuscular I mean, is? I do not know what a crepuscular is. No. Crepuscular is a an adjective, and it describes... Um, an animal that is active at dawn and dusk. Can you think of some critters that are crepuscular? Well, fish are certainly active at that time because the bugs come out. Yes, there. and so. you just said another one. 
Bugs. Yes, right. many bugs. Not all bugs, but right. um, there's certain... What, what's a certain really nasty, uh, annoying bug that is crepuscular? Um, mosquitoes. Oh, yeah. Right. Got it. And very good. And things like that. Well, I don't but know the about other nuts, thing that mosquitoes. is very, very active at that time of day, just so you know, because it's all related to the same buggy thing, is birds are super active. Yes. Because at dawn and once dusk. again, it's the bugs. It's all about the bugs. Right. That's it's feeding season for I them. I think they're more time. dawn than dusk. They're a lot more dawn when I ride my bicycle up to the community center in, in the morning and I'm riding in the into the darkness and then the, the sun starts rising. I can hear the birds rise with it. It's right. really cool. Well, there's another reason why the birds are so active that time of day. It's that they're because if they're sitting singing, they're not catching bugs. Um, they're sitting and singing. Um, there, so what you're actually hearing when you're hearing a lot of birds, uh, sing, because I looked at this cause we got very interested in birds this spring cause mm. I, I was doing some quieter activities and then I got my Merlin and I got interested in, you know, finding out what birds were around us and, uh, birds actually sing at dawn because they're, they're diurnal birds and they're waking up. They're birds that are active during the day. There are birds that are active during the day and there are birds that are active during the night. Birds that are active during the day can't see so well in the dark. So they're awake and so they're not able to start hunting because they can't see so good in, in the um, in the darker light. So they sit and they sing and they sing. I think that there's some thought that they, for some of why they sing is for pleasure, but also some of why they sing is to mark out territory and to attract mates. So um, because they can't be as active hunting for food, they sit and they sing. So um, so they're active. They're not act, They're active then, but they're not active in the way you might think. There's another species that we have lots in our yard that's crepuscular. And they're crepuscular, again, because of the bugs. What might that be? It's something that flies. Bats? Yeah! Yeah. Bats are crepuscular. And nice. bats seem to... I think bats prefer dusk to dawn. You don't really see bats at dawn, do you? No. You see bats more at night. No, they're at night. They're yeah. night. They're more night creatures. Yeah. And, and so you start seeing them, um, you see them at a lot of, at the crepuscular time because, um, that again, that's when, that's when the bugs are out and they can, they they will help to clean your yard up of mosquitoes. So we cheer for the bats. And they, they don't see, right? So they use like a, they don't see well, they use sonar. They use sonar and that's how they dash around. Yeah. They're very fun to watch. Yeah, they're really fun fun to watch. So, um. So bats and the majority of insects, like I said, are crepuscular and uh, they're or they're nocturnal, and a small amount of light can prevent them from behaving normally. If you have an amphibian that uh, may only move about during a certain moment of twilight, so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. If you have adequate darkness in your room, you're gonna sleep better. Um, and so people need, on average, six to nine hours of sleep a night. And if you want to sleep as well as possible, you need the dark. Um, and so uh, Timo Partinen, who is a research professor at the National Institute for Health and Welfare, the quality of sleep is better in the dark than in the light. Melatonin is your main sleep-producing hormone, and your body will produce it in large quantities only at night and in the dark. And it's dependent on the amount of light indoors. 
Um, and sleep itself has a lot of direct health benefits. When you sleep well, you wake up refreshed, you can concentrate better, you're more alert, your memory functions better, new things are easier to remember and improves your mood. So being in the dark is gonna make you sleep better. Mm. Sleep also will help your blood pressure and your weight management. Um, your hunger is more pronounced after you don't sleep well. And that's when people tend to eat too much food that's high in carbohydrates. Because you're tired, and so you're trying to feed yourself with something that's going to increase your energy. And remember, when you eat carbohydrates, you get an immediate boost of dopamine like you do when you drink alcohol. Um, but it ultimately uh, doesn't work because um, uh, if carbohydrates, if you overeat carbohydrates, it ultimately will depress your mood. Um, and so when you sleep well, you can better, you can better follow your natural meal rhythm and eat healthfully. Um, animals find food at night. So when you have a circadian rhythm, animals can move about, they can reproduce, they can find food and protect themselves. Um, glowworms um, reproduce so that the female attracts males by producing light that glows in the dark. If it's not dark enough outside, the, the light of the female won't stand out as well. Um, and a lot of animals need darkness to protect them when they're finding food. And if they don't get enough darkness, they're not going to find the food. And um, you're, you're going to have population shrinkage of those animals. So when you move in, that's another way that when you move into an area, when people move into an area, um, they disrupt the, uh, the ecology of that area. Zooplankton um, are structured, uh, zooplankton are, are animal plankton. They're you know, microscopic organisms that live, on, um, live, live in the water. And they go in the deep water during the day to protect themselves from fish and rise at night to feed on phytoplankton. Um, and if you get a small amount of light on the surface, they won't feed, which increases the number of phytoplankton and um, it intensifies the eutrophication of water. So your water, it affects, if you get too much light in an area, the zooplankton won't come up and eat the phytoplankton and then you're not gonna have as much enough oxygenation of the water and that's gonna affect other species. So when you have adequate darkness, your body clock will keep in time. When you're in steady light all the time, it's not good for you. If you spend time, long periods of time indoors or stare at a lot of blue light on screens, that artificial light, your body clock won't receive the messages about the time of day. And it's important for your inner clock that it's dark at night and there is a lot of light in the morning and you need that variation. That's why it's not great for us to be looking at screens on into bedtime. Um, plants, they anticipate the arrival of winter. They need darkness too. And um, the change in the day length um, helps them set up for the winter. Um, the amount of light is actually more reliable than changes in temperature. Temperatures can fluctuate from year to year and unpredictably, but the amount of light is very steady. So trees that grow in the immediate vicinity of streetlights, they don't perceive the arrival of winter as well and they might not be prepared when the frost hits. So um, it, it's unfortunate that, um, of course you want trees in your city, but those trees are not gonna do as well. Mm. And darkness protects your environment. And it's a dwindling resource because there's light pr pr pollution in a lot of places. Oh, yeah. uh, darkness is easily misunderstood. It's thought of something as scary and bad. Um, and you have to think about why we have an irrational fear of darkness and that darkness helps protect the environment and improve your health. Um, there are biological differences in people's tolerance to seasonal darkness, and some people are more susceptible to seasonal affective disorder. 
Um, and he, this researcher, um, Litamaki, thinks that there's more fundamental problems uh, with, with the gray space between light and darkness. Natural darkness can be very empowering. The bigger problem is quite a lot of bad lighting that is not too light and not too dark. So the alternating dance of light and darkness uh, can help us cope with seasonal challenges. So when you're out in the country and you don't have a lot of light pollution, there's much more of a contrast between light and dark. When you live in the city where there's a lot of light pollution, you don't perceive that difference as much. So really helpfully living on a dark road like we do is good for us. And when we turn all the lights mm. off at night, we, we get better sleep than I, I think that we would. I, I don't understand people with night lights. I'm, I'm not a fan of those. Mm. Um, I don't think I would mind, you know, a motion sensitive light night light so I could make it to the bathroom, but right. I don't want a night light on all night. Right. You, you need dark to, to allow yourself to relax. So you need nice lighting that has a strong contrast with darkness for light to stand out. Um, so, um, and that way when you have proper darkness, proper darkness is good for your health. So I have a couple more darkness things to to talk about there um but we can get to those at another time so i am going to wrap it up um so you continue to journal for your health and um we've got some great information about help for seasonal affective disorder um so you have been listening to radio naturopath the talk show about health and natural medicine i am fran storch nd naturopathic physician with my co-host ron Meniza. you can email me with questions and comments at radionaturopath at gmail.com if you'd like to listen to this show at another time you can check out our podcast at whus.org itunes and spotify you can also leave questions or comments at my facebook page twitter and instagram at fran storch nd the views expressed on this program do not reflect the views of the staff management or licensee of this station. The information presented on this show should not be construed as medical advice or direction. If you're having a medical condition, please consult with your physician. Thank you for listening to Radio Naturopath, your show where you can learn about the best of science and nature. We'll be back with more Radio Naturopath next week at 91.7 FM, WHUS stores and whus.org.